Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come, Silver, let's go, because. It was late afternoon when the Lone Ranger and Toto, returning from a mission in the Apache Indian country, came within sight of the mining town of Starville. Turning their horses off the trail, they began to look for a place to camp. Soon their new course took them into a gully where a few miners' cabins appeared, dilapidated and scattered. The Indian pointed. It looked like them shacks deserted. Maybe this make good place to stay. I don't see any signs of water. We need it more than shelter. Our horses are... Pull up, Tonto. Horses are home. Where shots come from? The slope up there. Look at those two men. Oh. And them not shoot at us? Them shoot at each other. They haven't seen us. They're facing each other in the open as though they were fighting a duel. And them fellas, both old, got gray beards. Let's stop them. Monsilver. Get them out, scout. I'm ready to shoot again. Hold your fire, men. Look at this, man. An Indian, too. Not the boy, boy. Our camp will come, Shanty. 
Drop those guns and come here. Uh, sure, sure. There goes mine. Mine, too. You haven't got any call to be honed in on a private ruckus. There's a law against dueling. No, that's right. Funny. Coming from an owl hoot in a mask. Don't let my mask bother you. I'm not an outlaw. All I want from you is an explanation of your gunplay. I caught that sidewinder sneaking up on my shack. Don't believe the varmint. I was only looking for a stray burrow. He shot first. Those old cap and ball revolvers you were using don't seem to have been very effective. Those are Navy Colts. The best six guns ever made. That's right. I'd rather have one of them than a dozen of those newfangled cartridge guns. The guns are good. You must be poor marksmen. You were less than 50 feet apart when you fired. Crab Jack, did you hear what he said? I sure did, Mosshorn. He's belittling us. Either one of us could hit the nail heads in my shack over yonder. Then I take it that you both aim to miss. Well, uh, Mosshorn, why, drat my hide, I've been talking to you, you ornery critter. It's like I've been making the same mistake. It's been a year since I sunk low enough to swap words with you. <laughs> Your exchange of words doesn't seem to have hurt you any more than your exchange of bullets. Huh. Uh, what started your feud? Well, mister, it's like this. Mosshorn and me prospected together until I heard he said I ran off and left him in the desert with a broken leg. I never said no such thing, Flapjack. I knowed you went for help, but somebody told me you claimed I'd stolen your poke. Uh. We've both been lied to. It's strange that you let troublemakers break up your friendship. Oh, not so strange. Us old prospectors have got a lot of mule in us. We're stubborn and contrary. Yes, but our feuding was always sort of friendly, even if we wouldn't admit it. Do you savvy that, mister? I think I do. Then you're the only fellow around here who does. The sheriff put us under bonds to keep the peace. <laughs> but now we're through burning powder on each other. <laughs> Let's shake on that flapjack. Here's my paw, partner. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you old-timers have come to an understanding. Well, it was your doing, mister. Now, how can we pay you back? You owe me nothing, but I do need information. Uh, where's the nearest place where we'll find grass and water? You'll find good grass a few miles further on. Water there's all right for horses, but I don't figure it's fit for a man. Well, our canteens are empty. I... Then I'll fill them in my shack. I got a keg of spring water I packed in on my burrow this morning. Come on. The shack into which the old prospectors led the Lone Ranger and Toto was remarkable for nothing except its wallpaper. Over the flower sacking, which served to cover the cracks in the ceiling and walls, hundreds of green and gold stock certificates had been pasted. As Mosshorn filled the canteens, the masked man inquired, Where did you get that stock, old-timer? Well, I won it in a poker game. Fella staked it against a dollar bet. Course, it ain't worth even a dollar, but sure looks mighty pretty. I see it was issued by the Red Gap Mining Company. Yeah, that's a mine in the hills yonder. Closed down a couple of years ago. The ore in it wasn't rich enough to pay for the digging. Maybe the Red Gap will come back someday. You got a legal title to that paper? Why, sure. The fellow I got it from sold mining machinery. The company owed him, and he had to take that stuff on the debt. There. Uh, the canteens are full. Good. I'll take them, and thanks. If you gents ever get back this way, look us up. You won't find us feuding the next time. <laughs> We're made up for good. I hope so. Well, adios. 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 As the Lone Ranger and Toto left the cabin, two men swung from their horses at the Red Gap Mine. 
Although they wore riding clothes, their faces showed few signs of exposure to wind and weather. For a moment, they surveyed the tumble-down buildings and rusty ore cars, which surrounded a tunnel entrance in the side of a hill. Then one called. Hey, Drift, where are you? I'm coming. He's in the mine. Hurry up. Howdy, Sniff. Howdy, Foxy. I reckon you got my telegram. We wouldn't be here if we hadn't. What was the idea of telling us not to unload any Red Gap stock until we saw you? Here's what I want to know. We got a sucker in Denver who will buy all the worthless paper we got. Once we're able to show him some good ore in that hole. Haven't you salted it yet? Uh, yeah, I started to. But while I was digging a hole for a plant of high-grade ore, I struck the richest gold vein I ever saw. What? Come on, I'll show you. I like the way of my miner's land. Yeah. Where'd you make the strike? Uh, not far from the entrance here. Now watch your step. Roxy, this changes everything. You've got to switch from a confidence game to big business. Hey, you said it. Instead of selling stock to Easy Marks, we'll have to get hold of enough shares to reorganize the company and control it. Uh, the fellas that dug this lateral shaft only missed a vein by a yard. Here's where I found it. Talk about luck. Hey, look. Look at this ore sample. It'll just say $6,000 to the ton. We're all rich. Not quite. It's like Foxy said. We need more stock, and it may be hard to find. I know there's a lot of it. You do where? No prospect to call Moss Horn's got his cabin papered with it. Everybody jokes about it. Maybe we can talk him into selling it for a few dollars. No, not him. He's so cantankerous, he wouldn't sell for a million if he thought the certificates would do you any good. They say he scratches his feet when his head itches. Then we'll go after him with guns. When? Tonight. A few hours later, Mosshorn lay snoring in his bunk. Following a habit formed during years of hazardous living, he had removed only his socks and boots and had placed his navy coat in the bunk. But age had dulled his sense of danger. He failed to hear the cabin door open and close. He's there in the corner. Struck a match. Get ready to grab him. I'm lighting one. I got him. Hey, what's going on? Shut up and get out of that bunker. I'll Let loose of my wrist. I'm getting up. Silk, there's a lamp on a table. Hurry and light it. Right. Now we can see. What do you fellas want? A fancy wallpaper, for one thing. Working swiftly, the swindlers soon had the cabin stripped of paper. As they rolled their loot into a bundle, the old prospector ventured another protest. Look, you polecats, that red gap stock's no good. Just the same, you're going to sign it over to us. I'm not signing anything away. We'll see about that when we get you to the mine. Well, if you're going to take me away, let me put on my boots. All right. I'll have to sit down on my bunk to get them on. Then do it. Uh, Don't forget I'm holding a gun on you. Reaching for his boots with one hand, Mosshorn inched the other into the blankets behind him. His fingers closed on the butt of his old coat. A moment later, there was a muffled report. Drift staggered back with a groan. He shot me. Help. Before the old prospector could free his gun from the blankets and cock it again, both Silk and Foxy hurled themselves upon him. Unwilling to kill him before they obtained his signature, they broke his grip on the weapon and dragged him from the bunk. I'll take care of him, Silk. You look after Drift. As Silk reached for Drift, the wounded man collapsed against the table, overturning it in his fall. The lamp shattered on the floor, spilling kerosene on the tinder dry boards and igniting them. The shack's on fire. Get Drift down. He's dead. Now let him go. Grab the paper. I've got it. Come on. My cabin. Get going, you old fool. This way to the horses.
Meanwhile, the Lone Ranger and Toto had made camp. Remaining up in order to repair some trail-worn gear, they noticed a red glow on the horizon. The Indian observed, Fire must be in Starville. It looks small, but you'd better investigate. I'll stay here and finish this work, unless I see that it's spreading. Ah, me go pronto. Easy, Scout, easy, fella. Get him up, Scout! As Tonto headed for Starville, Sheriff Matt Brady and a group of citizens, who also had seen the reflection of the fire, spurred their horses into the gully. One townsman was shouting, Sheriff, that's Mosehorn Shanty. We couldn't save it even if we had water. Mosehorn must have got out. Somebody's standing outside. That's old Flapjack. Flapjack, where's Mosehorn? He's in there, Sheriff. Then he's dead. What are you doing here? The fire woke me up. I tried to get him out. How comes he couldn't get out himself? I don't know. I think you know plenty. An old desert rat like Mosshorn wouldn't burn himself up by accident. Sheriff, I heard shooting from this direction just before I noticed the fire. Flapjack, I'm taking your gun. There. Now stand still. What's the idea? This old shooting iron smells of fresh burnt powder. Sure it does. I shot it to give an alarm. I had a report that there was some shooting in the gully this afternoon. Couldn't get away to see but I figured then, and I figure now, that you and Mosshorn had another run-in. What about it? Well, we did burn a little powder on each other, but nobody got hurt. A masked man and an engine stopped us. Eh, likely story. It's the truth. Mosshorn and me buried the hatchet after that. We aim to be partners again. Yeah, that don't wash down either. You fellas feuded too long ever to make up. You were always threatening to kill each other. That was just talk. We didn't mean it. You had a lot of shooting scrapes. Yes, but we aimed our guns so we'd miss. <laughs> you must take me for a fool. Now hold out your paws. What you gonna do? I'm gonna handcuff you. There. Now I'm taking you to jail. If Moss Horn was alive. The rest of you stay here. Get the body out as soon as you can. We serve you, sir. Moss Horn and Flapjack were the only fellas in these parts who used old fashioned cap and ball guns. If there's a round bullet in the body, this old vomit will hang. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Continue. It was early the next day when Toto, who had gone to investigate the fire, returned to the Lone Ranger's camp and told of the circumstances under which Flapjack had been jailed. The Indian was saying, A Mosshorn Shack 
Burn before me get there. But me see funnels take body out. Was there any evidence of murder? Well, doctor say Mosshorn was shot before fire. Him find bullet, like Flapjack used, in body. It's hard to believe that Flapjack killed Mosshorn in such a cowardly and deliberate fashion. Only a few hours after they'd become friends again. Well, me tell, Sheriff, how old fellas make up. Oh, what did he say? Well, him not believe me. Him order me to come back today, make statement. You'll have to go. But before you do, we'll take a look at the scene of the fire. Riding into the gully a little later, the masked man and Indian found it deserted. Only a pile of ashes and charred boards marked the place where Mosshorn's cabin had stood. There, they drew rein. Dismounting, they made a careful inspection of the debris. When it became certain that the ashes held nothing significant, Tonto turned to the surrounding ground. Look there, Kimasabi. Two prints of bare feet. And then point away from place where cabin door was. The man who made them must have left the cabin before or soon after the fire started. They disappear here where the sightseers stood. Maybe we find them again farther out. Yes. There they are. Two sets of boot tracks go same way. Wait, wait a minute. Here's a place where three horses stood. How do you read the sign? Well, three men in boots get off horses and go to shack. Two men in boots and barefoot fella come back. All mount, go north. It looked like horse, barefoot fella ride, was led. That means he was injured or a prisoner. Here, Silver. And what we do? You report back to the sheriff, as he told you to do. Easy, steady, big fella. I'll follow these tracks. On, Silver. In the meantime, Silk and Foxy had reached the Red Gap mine with Mosshorn. For hours, they had tried to force him to sign a transfer of title to the stock certificates. But still, he balked. Hey, what's behind that iron door there? A vault where the old company planned to store gold until it could be shipped. It'll come in handy when we reopen the mine. Maybe it'll come in handy now. Can it be opened? Yeah, the key's still in the lock. I had it open when we were here the first time. There's nothing inside. Not even enough air to keep a man alive more than a few minutes. Good. <laughs> What's good about it? We'll put the old desert right in there. That ought to bring him to time. It's worth trying. Come on, Mosshorn. Oh, let me be. Come on, I said. Uh, Open the door, Silver. Uh, it's open. What a hole. Looks like a tomb. Quit shoving it. In you go. When you're ready to sign, yell or knock. At that moment, the sheriff's office in Starville was the scene of another ordeal, with Flapjack as the victim. Surrounded by officials, he too had been pressed to put his name on a paper, a paper admitting the murder of Mosshorn. And he too was saying... I'll never sign! You're just making it hard for yourself, old-timer. Listen to the district attorney, Flapjack. Sheriff, I've been listening to him. And I'm wondering why he's so all-fired anxious to get a signed confession. It'll save us a lot of trouble and expense. But I'll get hung, only quicker. Well, the evidence is all against you. You had the motive, the opportunity, and the weapon. You can't hope to beat such a case. Just the same, I didn't do it. Oh, you stubborn old fool. Me come back, Sheriff. Me, Tonto. Look, 
It's the engine who's with the mass man. He knows me and Moss Horn made up. So he told me. Come here, engine. District attorney wants to question you. Well, me ready. But you better hear something else first. What? Me hear plenty lynch talk about uh, town. Uh, I know. Folks are riled up about the way Moss Horn was killed. They won't do anything. Go ahead with your question, then, District Attorney. No, not while he's armed. Please, Injun. Uh-huh. Uh, I got his hardware. Now, Indian, what's that stuff and nonsense about a masked man? Did you and Flapjack invent him, or is he a party to your conspiracy to defeat justice? Maybe you find out later. Why, you... Sheriff, prepare a cell for this fella. He's staying here till he tells the truth. It was noon when the Lone Ranger finally succeeded in trailing the three horses through brush-covered hills to the Red Gap Mine. Though he was still uncertain whether the riders had any connection with the events at Mosshorn's cabin, he took the precautions of hiding silver behind a slag pile and scouting the abandoned buildings. Then he entered the tunnel. There, a flickering light told him he was close to his quarry. As the masked man advanced stealthily, Silk consulted his watch. It's been quite a while since we locked that door. Yeah, I'll see what's happened. Give me the key. I left it in the lock. And cover me with your gun while I open the vault. Sure. Drop that gun. Hey, look, a masked man. Don't shoot. I'm dropping my gun. What do you want? I'll take your gun, too. Then we'll have a talk. As the masked man disarmed Foxy and picked up the fallen revolver, Silk edged away and took to his heels. Stop! Stop, you! Silk ignored the command and vanished in the dark recesses of the mine, while the Lone Ranger, doubtful about the character of the men, held his fire. Then he turned to the frightened Foxy. What's going on here? We... we got a financial interest in this mine. Give me that lamp. Here. What are you looking at? That roll of paper beside your feet. It came from Mosshorn's cabin. You murdered him. No, we didn't. His body was found in the ruins of his cabin. That was a fellow Mosshorn shot. The old man's locked in that vault. We got to get him out before he suffocates. I don't want to hang. Unlock the door. Let me out. He's still alive. As the door swung open, the Lone Ranger stepped forward, covering Foxy with a gun and turning the miner's lamp into the vault. The light revealed the old prospector stretched on the floor. Air. Give me air. Take it easy, old timer. Ah, that's good. In his concern for the aged prospector, the masked man dropped to one knee in the doorway and gave him a closer look, thus exposing his back to the dark tunnel. As he did so, Silk, who had stolen out of his hiding place, heaved a heavy chunk of ore at him. The missile struck him between the shoulder blades, knocking him into the vault. Painful as the injury was, he clung to lamp and gun and came up pivoting for a shot. But before he could fire, Foxy slammed the door on him and turned the key. We got them. <laughs> Mask man, I was praying you'd come, but now we're as good as dead. There's a crack under the door. It will give us enough air for a little while. Just lie still. Got guns? Maybe you can shoot the lock off. Uh, bullets won't smash it. Lock's on the inside. It's in a box made of heavy steel. The box is fastened to the door with big bolts. The burrs are on this side. Where's that rock I was hit with? I'll try to break the lock with it. I got it right here, but it isn't a rock. It's a piece of rotten quartz that would fall apart at the first lick. And it's plumb full of gold. This mine is rich. So that's why they took your wallpaper. They want me to sign it over. And I'm ready to do it now. Listen, you crooks out there. I'll put my name down now. You're too late. We can't let you out while that masked man's in there. Uh, 
There goes our last chance, mister. The air's getting bad already. Yes. Five minutes more, we'll finish this. Uh, what are you looking at, mister? The bolts that hold that lock. They're rusty, but the burrs could be turned off. We just had a wrench. I've got one here. I should have thought of that before. Going out of your head, that there's a six-gun. It'll serve the same purpose once I get the butt plates off with my knife. I don't see how. Every gun butt is hollow. The butt plates are fastened to a steel frame. Inside of that is a hammer spring. Sure. Now, look. I've got the plates off. There's just enough space inside the frame for it to fit over burrs that size. I'll be darned. You can use the gun barrel as a wrench handle. I can work in the dark, so put out the light. Yeah. Need every bit of oxygen that's left. Yes, I can feel the burrs. Bracing himself between the door jams, the masked man felt for the first burr and fitted the frame of the gun butt over it. The frame held fast and he tugged on the barrel. Squealing as its threads cut into rust, the burr began to turn. I've got the first one started. There are only three more. Hurry! The first and second burrs came off easily, but he was sweating and gasping as he tackled the third. His lungs seemed ready to burst, and his heart pounded hard. There. The third one's off, but I'm burning up a lot of oxygen. By a mighty effort, he got the last nut started. Then his knees gave way. For a few seconds, he lay on the floor, gulping in the slightly purer air. Then he staggered to his feet and resumed his task. The full turns which he had been making with the improvised wrench fell off to half turns and quarter turns. But at long last, the nut came off, and the lock and bolt fell to the floor. The masked man lurched against the door, swinging it wide. Silk and Foxy, who had lit another lamp, fell back in dismay, but stayed their flight when a gun thundered a warning shot. Get your hands up. Sure. Sure, we don't want to die. What, what are you going to do to us? Take you to the sheriff. Free an innocent man. It was several hours later when the district attorney, weary of questioning Flapjack and Tottle, turned to the sheriff. Take them back to their cells. These fellows can't be telling the truth. It's against all the laws of evidence and nature. But they have convinced me that there's more to the case than we realize. What do you want me to do? Yeah, lock them up. That's all you can do. Come on, fellas. Oh, somebody's coming in the back way. By the tunnel. That's Mosshorn. And we thought he was dead. Why? And there's the mask man we thought never lived. Mosshorn! Is it really you? It sure is, partner. What's that under your arm? That's my wallpaper. That's worth a million dollars, and half of it's yours. That's what all this trouble was about. Sheriff, you'll find two prisoners tied to horses in the alley. Come on, Toto. Uh, Hold on. You can't go yet. I got questions to ask. Mosshorn will explain, Sheriff. But you're the one who... He's all right, Sheriff. Hmm. For all I know, both he and the Indian are crooks. You can forget that angle, Sheriff. The Indian told me who the masked man is. Who is he? Speak out, Flapjack. If I'm to bring him back, i got to get going. You don't have to bring him back, Sheriff. He's the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. A part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. (laughs) 